And welcome to the final footballing episode of the 2019 season on the Turn Up For What podcast. We'll try and help you grieve another dramatic fall from grace in the playoffs. Unwanted record set, a 24-point lead blown in Arrowhead. What's next for the Texans? Where do we go from here? Let's try and work it out. Joining us this week on the Turn Up For What podcast to help us break down uh, yesterday's nightmare is I'm young Ari Gold from the Texans Unfiltered podcast. Join us again. How are you? I am doing okay today. How about you? It's been a long day, I think, today. Um, it's felt like a long day. Um, I don't Last know. night felt like a long night. Yeah. I mean, it was it was 8.05 8, 8 p.m. kickoff here, so a, a few... A few to drown the sorrows after, and then uh, you got to sleep on it a bit quicker than you would have probably. But um, yeah, it, I don't know. I mean, I think every time I've had a I, I, I message you today to say, I think you're probably the best person to sit and grieve this one out with uh, on the podcast because <laughs> it. I know you. I know we. Well, when you saw the Titans had won, I thought, yeah, there's a path here, and we just need to go and do our bit now. Um, and so two teams that we'd already beaten this season were and standing us between us and the Super Bowl and even a week ago that seemed unthinkable and then from yesterday's game if you'd have told me before or if you'd have offered me you win the time of possession three Watson of 388 yards through the air we'd score in our first drive and we'd be up 24-0 I, I just couldn't have possibly thought of a way that you wouldn't win that game but and then you know I think it, just the way they took the lead as well. Um, you know, there's Stills is wide open first drive score, unbelievable. Just couldn't believe it. I don't. I couldn't remember the last time we've scored like that. Mingo blocks the punt. Lonnie Johnson runs it in. Probably only good part of Lonnie Johnson's day. We'll come on to that. The fumble by Tyree Kill as well. One of their big players making a mistake in a big moment. And then the moment that I thought. This is on and this is happening. Is the uh, the hit by Justin Reed on Tyreek Hill a good clean hit? Got a three and out. You're twenty to zero up at that point, and I thought, yeah, this is it. And how wrong was I? Yeah, how wrong was everybody? <clears throat> you know, if you were to write a script for this game, um, that script would have looked identical to what happened yesterday. Um, to be in the divisional round against a very, very high-powered offense and be up 24-0 in nine out of ten games. Actually, no, I would say 29 out of 30 games, you would feel comfortable saying this team will win this game. Um, it's very rare that you see a comeback of that magnitude. It well, it's extremely rare. It's never happened before. Um, at least in a quarter. And this team just decided to forget how to play fundamental defense. That's and that's that's really what it boils down to. There's 
there, there's no X's and O's involved in this. It's, uh, it's wrap up, it's tackle, it's cover. It, it, it's, that, that's all it takes for you to secure this. Obviously, you need to add to it, right? You're not going to stop them on every drive. But, um, you know, there were so many turning points in this game. And, and to be honest with you, I'd be lying if I said I still didn't – I still believed going into the half that there was a chance. You know, 28-24, if anybody would have told you that score, well, that was going to be the score at halftime prior to the game, you would have taken that because you're in the game. Uh, but th- it, it feels that much worse because of what we went through in the first quarter. I mean, I was so excited. Uh, I don't know if I've ever felt that level of excitement in sports and I'm a Laker fan. I've had a lot of, I've had a lot of joy in sports. I don't know if I've had one to the level that I had yesterday through the first quarter of the divisional round. Yeah. I just couldn't believe it was all falling our way. And I it was, it was almost like it wasn't happening and it was almost too good to be true. You know, you're expecting, I thought, you know, I'm going to have to wake up at some point. This can't be what, you know, the reality of it. And then I think where it all started, and I don't think it was the catalyst, but there was many points that we tried desperately to hand it back to them. And albeit you could argue that we didn't need to work for two of those scores and one of them was a, a broken play on the defence. And yeah, okay, but you know you were still up and in a big game. And to not go, go for it on the fourth and one when you had a chance to go 20, uh, it would have been 28 up was going away from everything O'Brien has done well in this year. He went away from it at a big, big moment. And for me, I just struggle with that because that's been his biggest development probably as a head coach this year or as a play caller, not as a head coach. We'll probably come on to that as well. But to not do that in half a yard, when he actually said, I thought I had a first down anyway, one, he could have challenged the spot and that would have been a better use instead of burning the time out and then going for it. And you could see he was frustrated on the sideline. I don't know quite what he was frustrated at, and he, he was quoted saying that we didn't have a play. And I mean, they must have learned from last week after they didn't get it on a, you know, a fourth and one against Buffalo to ice the game. Surely that was worked on this week. I, I can't believe for a second it wasn't, and maybe it wasn't. Um, well, they looked, like, they looked like they were going for it originally, and then the... the um, the time was uh, just, I think they had like five seconds when Deshaun was starting to get people huddled and the, then there was a timeout. And I think at that point, this is, I'm, tr- I'm not trying to defend Bill O'Brien, but this is, this is what I'm wondering what was potentially in his mind. You're up 21-0 at the time. You've had all the momentum the entire game. If you go for it on that fourth and one and you don't get it, all of a sudden, that momentum ends. And I'm wondering if in his mind, that's what he was thinking. He was thinking, okay, we could take three, still have the momentum, trust him on defense, and just see what happens. But if we go for it here and we're stopped, and they take over, even though they have a long way to go, that, that, that uh, stadium had all of the air sucked out of him. I mean, there was nothing going on. There was no chance. There was no yelling. There was no screaming. But if you gave them any life whatsoever, there's a good chance that this would have started 
in the first quarter than in the second quarter. That I'm not saying it's what happened. I'm just trying to think of it from both sides, and I'm wondering if that's what was in Bill O'Brien's mind. Yeah, and I think you know, I'm, you know, I think you and I have got very similar views on the Texans, and I'm in the same boat as you are with O'Brien. I, I find it hard not to like him, and I, I sometimes I can understand the frustration coming, and you know, from him. But at that moment, I, I can, and there was another moment we'll come on to that. I think for me, for the first time, changed my opinion. Um, and then the punt with special teams letting us down in a big game as well was, you know, the, the, giving McCall Hardman a chance to punt. And then that was when you heard the crowd come back into, okay, we kicked the three. Um, and then I think what was the worst call, or it was the worst executed call. And actually, as a play call to go for it on the fake punt, I didn't mind. Um, it seemed odd that you know you don't go for a fourth and one or a fourth and a half or whatever it was to then go for a four. I think it was a fourth and three or a fourth and four. I can't remember now. Um, it seemed it seemed a bit you know like as if like I, I felt that decision reflected the fact that he, he regretted not going for the previous one because it seemed a lot you know a lot more risk. And I think who's probably not had enough criticism and it was Justin Reed because if he just keeps running to the outside, he'll get round them. Yeah, you beat him on the edge, and he just ran straight ahead. You know, and it was, uh, it just seemed like that was the that wasn't the biggest one. And then okay, you hand him another score. Well, here's what I I, I haven't seen this play again yet, um, but one of our listeners tweeted at me to rewatch that fake punt. That there was a third blocker that was not aligned properly that would have picked that up. Um, and then to kind of talk about the decision to go for it on fourth and three after that fourth and one, um, what was the score at the time of the punt? 20, what was it? 21-7? Oh, I can't remember. 24-7, right? 24-7, yeah. yeah. Okay. So now we're going back to where I was going originally on the fourth and one. On that play specifically, they, are, they already scored. So the lead is cut. You're fourth and three. You have a run of fake punt all year. You're thinking, if we want to keep any of this momentum whatsoever, we have to pull a rabbit out of the hat. And I think that's what he was thinking. Like, and I hate, I got to sound like a BOB apologist, and that's not my mentality. Uh, I'm really just trying to, when I think of things or I talk about things, I like to try to see both angles because I think it's very easy for us as fans or, or media covering the team to look at it from one side. Uh, I think you have to take everything into account when it comes to this. And these are big time play calls and big time moments. At that time, the momentum was starting to shift already. So if you pick up this fourth and three on a fake punt and who knows what, where it goes, if that third blocker. And like I said, I haven't, I haven't rewatched the play, but if this is a thing and I'll watch it tonight, um, if there is a third blocker there that could have picked up Sorensen, how long, how far would Justin Reed have been able to go? And do they score? Do they get in, you know, do they get in field goal position? Do they, you know, so many different things can happen. And I don't know. I just, I, I actually really liked the fourth and three. And I think what Bill O'Brien was telling his team was, look, we're going to have to score a lot of points. And if we punt this ball, we're basically just saying, oh, well, we're going to keep up with you. And Bill O'Brien knows that that's just not the way, that's not how we, we're, we're not that type of offense. And I'm assuming that played a part. Obviously, 
our the media does a terrible job covering this team, so nobody asks the real questions in the press conferences. Nobody, everybody's worried about what the fans think. Does he deserve the job? Uh, you know, nobody asked any real questions during his press conference. Even today, he had a 16 minute press conference, and there was nothing out of it. Um, so. I don't know. I just wanted to throw that out there. I mean, I'd love to get your thoughts, but that, that's kind of my thought is if you if you convert that fourth and three, then the momentum stays on you. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, if, he, if Reed takes it back to the house for six, then, yeah, you probably win the game. Uh, I think, you know, these game these turning points, and they just all happened in the second quarter in this game for whatever reason. It was, yeah, I think, it, it, if, yeah, if Reed takes it back to the house, and you, you, you win at that point, right? But... The way he ran with the ball, I don't even think he got in a full stride before he tackled him. He just seemed to go down so easily. Um, so I think it was a, it, it was like the quarterback sneak the week before in the sense that it was something they hadn't done all year and a big moment they went to something that was untried and untested. And I think that's naive and I think that's poor coaching. Um, I agree. And look, I think, you know, special teams has been good, but they let us down and then they let us down again and which was the... It was the nail in the coffin if you needed one, or it was the push, the push off the cliff, or it was the you know the stamping on the hands of somebody's trying to hold on for their life was the the DeAndre Carter fumble. Now I was at NRG this year against Atlanta, and in a big moment in a game, he did the exact same thing. I think it was a punt return though, rather than a kickoff. And I don't think he's been yeah. particularly good all year. Um, and then you see Tyler Irvin playing last night for Green Bay and doing all right. And you sort of start to wonder about the talent evaluation inside the building, which I think for certain positions, particularly running back, has not been great. And I just, it, that was that was it at that point. You, you could have ended the game there because we were never going to come back from that. It was just so dramatic in the way it turned around. And for a, a player who's meant to be a specialist to do that in a big game like that and be loose with the ball, he only had one arm, he didn't even make an attempt on his second arm to cover it. When you knew that we couldn't we couldn't mess up at that point, there was no option to do that. It was just it was just terrible, and then it just completely capitulated. It was apocalyptic proportions of how bad that defense was. I saw River Rivers McKibben, you know, I know the guy you've had on your show, and you know, great great follow for Texans fans, and he you know, and he put out today, which was rightly so. If you if you want to build a case for Romeo Cornell not being calling plays again, Jacob Martin was hardly out on the field. And Charles Amenehu was hardly out on the field. And the pass rush this season is the biggest weakness of this team. And nobody can be expected to cover anybody, far less the Chiefs, when you're not even pushing the pocket. And and the Chiefs never looked like they were going to run the ball all day. They can't run the ball. It's not their game. They'll just throw it. You know, If they've got the chance, they'll throw it every down. I know that. You know that. You know, we all, everybody was sitting there going, and then you think, why have we got that, you know, that personnel grouping at the line of scrimmage when this is obviously a passing play? And this whole second half, it just looked like we couldn't stop it. And I felt sorry for Lonnie Johnson. He's not played much at all. And then they put him in as the main cover guy on Travis Kelsey, and Kelsey just had a field day. Yeah, I think yesterday really showed... You know, for me, one of the biggest things I've been preaching about the secondary, not this season, but just coming into this season, was the inability to be able to play man. Um, you know, all you know, the last five years, six years, we've played predominant zone. We've had zone corners. Uh, but, you know, with guys like Tyreek Hill, uh, just those fast 
receivers, you need to be able to press and align and knock them off their route and be able to recover. And it's hard to cover Tyreek Hill, and that's not where I'm going. But in this game, because we had predominant man corners and no zone corners, Patrick Mahomes just sliced us up. And it was because we were not able to play zone. Uh, it really played a huge part in it. You can't play man the entire time against the Kansas City Chiefs. They have too much talent for you to do that. Um, and, and I agree. Like, I actually, going into this game, I thought Lonnie would be kind of like the X factor for Travis Kelsey. Uh, but I didn't expect him to just put Travis Kelsey on him, uh, you know, in the first half and expect him to hold up the entire time. I thought that they'd mix some things up, maybe go back into his own look. You do have J. Joe healthy. Keen Crossing can play zone. Uh, Gary Conley's not his own corner. Bradley Roby's not his own corner. But at the same time, you know, sitting, you know, on a 10-foot curl route, any corner should be able to do that. And, uh, yeah, yesterday they just got lit up. And uh, Lonnie Johnson, you know, like you said, he hasn't played a lot. You know, ever since we've gotten Hargraves, it's pretty much been Roby, Conley, Hargraves. And to expect him to just pop in, I was I was wrong for thinking that he could do it. Uh, I liked his size. I liked his length. Uh, I thought he would be able to stick with him. Um, but that wasn't the case. And then to get to the pass rush, like the pass rush has really been the biggest issue of this team. Like last week, we all expected it to be better because J.J. Watt was back. And it was, right? Like there was a stat out there that with J.J. on the field uh, for run purposes, run defense, uh, they were averaging four yards, uh, allowing four yards, you know, a carry. When he left, it was 7.1. When it was passing yards, when J.J. was on the field, it was 4.1. When he was off the field, it was like 9.1. So he definitely had an impact, but when you rely on just one, it's impossible for you to get one. And, and, you know, Whitney had a really good game. I don't think people realize how good of a game Whitney actually had. If anybody was getting to Patrick Mahomes, it was Whitney. Uh, I challenge everybody to go watch the All-22. I haven't seen it yet, but you'll see Whitney show up a lot on, on the All-22. They just didn't finish. But when you just have that and you don't have Jacob Martin and you don't have Charles Menhew out there, I don't really know what you expect, right? And, and on top of that, like I saw some diamond looks like we did against the Patriots two years ago in the divisional round or three years ago with Brock, uh, you know, where we would line up Whitney on the nose and uh, just kind of see what happens. Got a lot of pressure. This time we did it with Jacob Martin, who probably has no experience in doing so, uh, was just getting blasted by the center. And it's because he's not a power rusher. He's a speed rusher. Uh, it, yeah, just all of it. Like the defense as a whole was just it, it was embarrassing. There were so many times where you're just looking and you're like, why didn't you just jump in front of the receiver? Like the the third Travis Kelsey touchdown or the second one in the corner of the end zone. You're just like there were three Texans in the area. Why were none of them looking at the main guy who has been killing you this entire quarter? Um, I mean, Romeo Cornell has to go. There's really nothing else about it. And he probably won't. And you also have to wonder, like, you know, can you blame Romeo? You don't really have the talent on defense to be able to do it, right? You have a better secondary than what you have, but you have zero pass rush. You know, as when we entered the season, we thought we might have a pass rush and we had no secondary. So now the tables have turned. And, you know, pass rush is really the biggest need going into the offseason. Oh, no doubt. I think it's, it's, it's just, I, 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 I think it's a failing on the part of the, the franchise as a whole, and that's on the coaching staff and on the, on the front office and people in the personnel department that they've let this defence talent erode so badly this season or coming into the season and made so many decisions 
letting people go and having to make moves and over-investing for Conley. And Conley had a good game against the Bills. I don't think he particularly had a great game yesterday. But yeah, and then we seem to, as you said, we've got players that can play zone and we, we tried to mix back into those zone looks at one point and then you've, when you've got, you know, fast, you know, you've not done it all game, uh, when you've got the speed that they have, they just run right through and it was it was tough. It, it was tough to watch. And uh, it, just, it just seemed like we knew the defence wasn't good and we were always going to give up points and I had the full expectation that they would creep their way back into the game. But the manner in which we handed it to them and then the manner in which we just completely forgot, as you said, how to play fundamentals, wrapping up, following your assignment. I don't know if people were trying to do too much. I think, I mean, the amount of times that, that JJ cut inside, you know, he's probably his worst trait as a, as a player and there's not many, but he cut inside, you know, Mahomes scrambled out so many times to extend drives. It looked like every time they went to the air, it was going to be, you know, a 10 yard plus play and it just, it just piled up in a hurry. And it it was the second quarter was just the worst sort of probably quarter in Texans history. And you think, with all factors considered, the way you started the game, for it to go like that and the speed it went like that, is tough. And you know, as you said, pass rush is without doubt the biggest need of this team, and that it's not even close. But what, but what is? Also, a concern, I think, now is there's guys that are on rookie deals that you're going to have to start paying. And I don't think we, and I don't know if we can necessarily afford a pass rusher, you know? And if you're going to get, say, a Bud Dupree or Yannick Ngokwe or, you know, whoever these guys might hit the market, I don't think we're necessarily going to have the cap dollars to do it. Now, there's always means and ways, and they might have to go right up, you know, to a limit that Chris Olsen doesn't like, but we're going to have to find a way to improve this defence quickly because I think offence isn't necessarily an issue. Now, they didn't drive the ball when they had to in the second half and it pained me to see uh, Tyron Matthew jumping in front of a pass that would have extended a, a, a drive at a key time and it forced us off the field. But Yeah, I, I think like... when it comes to the pass rush, I mean, you know, you got DJ Reader coming up too and it looks like we're not going to be able to get a deal done with him. Uh, I think, so you're he's, gonna have I to think find he's gone. A... I think he's gone. Yeah, he, yeah. he is gone. And yeah. and so you look at that, and then you, so you're going to need to find another tackle, uh, a defensive tackle, you know. And then you're you're paying Tunsil probably this year, Deshaun this year. Uh, you got Hargraves now with nine point five million. So that cap that we all planned on having at the end of the year to offset the loss of the first round picks, are is now gone. Um, so I mean they're going to have to get creative. They might be able to do some things. You know, maybe we find somebody in the second round. But you know, this team still has so many other holes, right? Um, and then to kind of get back to the pass rush yesterday, like we we're all going to bang on the secondary because they were the ones that ended up giving up the catches. But I, I really don't understand how they like how any corner is going to be able to cover for six to seven seconds. And Mahomes had all day yesterday. I mean, he really did. He had all day to throw. Um, and when he didn't, he'd step up or he'd extend the play. And the difference between him and Deshaun extending the play is Deshaun, you know, will hop around and not really take a lane. Mahomes is going to take a lane and then make the throw. It was just a frustrating performance all around from from the defense, you know. And a lot of people, you know, are talking about how, you know, the offense as well. And I kind of get that, but at the same time, even though you're playing the Chiefs, like scoring 31 in a playoff game should beat, you know, should win, right? Like the the the, the Chiefs averaged 26.7 points a game, I think, this season. And if you just look at the scores of the rest of the divisional round and last weekend's wildcard game, um, the, the highest score was 28. 
and those were for winning teams. So 31 should do it, but when you can't get a pass rush, there's nothing else you can do. I mean, there's just nothing you can do. This team, you know, I guess Bill O'Brien in the second half probably could have started to open up the playbook a little bit, you know, put some more on the offense and get into a shootout. I mean, we've seen him do it before, specifically even against the Chiefs, so I don't really know kind of what the mindset was there, but yeah, this team just, I, I, I think everything, they just got smacked in the face and they didn't know how to get up. And once they were knocked down, that, that was pretty much it. Yeah. I think, it's, yeah. I mean, it's, yeah, it, it, it seemed like, I mean, the defense fell apart. Okay. And we can put back, you know, we knew that was likely to happen at some point. It did happen against Baltimore and it was almost a similar type of performance where you just were asking for so many questions and there was very little answers and very little light at the end of the tunnel for any improvements that you can make potentially before next season. Um, you know, and I think the, the defence is just to wrap it up. It's, it's short of a safety. I think losing to Sean Gibson was big. Um, and I don't think he's been that great this year. I think he's had a few injuries. I think that's played a bigger part than, than most of it. Um, but it just seemed like the, the defence, whatever they did, and like a bit like in Watson's rookie year when he played, it just they were never going to be good enough, and probably we knew that. Um, you know, and it doesn't help that you you pay another team to take probably your most effective player, and that you know stings even more so in, in times like this. Um, and I, that player had a hell of a run in the playoffs defensively. Yeah, and you know, it, like yeah, yeah, it's probably yeah. I think that was it was just another. Hitting home with that was, you know, you knew at the time there was never going to be any good at that move and it was going to cost us in a, in a, a time where we needed some defence, you know. You could have done by an extra rusher. But, um, you know, as I said, he's gone. Um, I, you know, I tweeted, out, I tweeted back at somebody today, actually. I think there's more chance of uh, Clowney re-signing here in free agency than there is O'Brien getting fired. <laughs> <laughs> and I, and I, th- I think people need to probably wake up to the fact that, you know, if you watched his press conference today, he looked like, you know, with the way he talked about Vernon Hargreaves, the way he talked about he he meant he got asked about three contracts. One was Tunsil, one was Watson, and one was DJ Reader. And it was very clear that they're going to make Reader another offer, but he doesn't think it's going to get it done, and they're going to just give whatever they need to do to get it done with Watson and and, and Tunsil. But then you've also got Fuller, you've also got Cunningham, and they've got a lot of guys that need upped. And if you want to retain that talent on this roster, and you know, I think, and it's 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 examples where. If we want to make progress next year, there's going to have to be some change from O'Brien because guys like Kiki that have been frozen out, Jordan Thomas has not been given much to get back into the team. We're going to have we're not in a position to let talent walk because we're limited with picks, so we're going to have to find ways to get someone out of these guys because we can't let any really afford to let much go. Um, and but that all aside, and we'll you know we'll probably have plenty of time to discuss that in the off season. But the bit for me that I really struggled with yesterday, and it was very close to changing it, turning the channel, um, was the second half. We're trying to drive, and at the end of the third quarter, there was only ten points in it, so that, you know there was still there was there was still a chance, you know, in the, to 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 get going. Uh, in the game, you know, if you could find some offense, a quick score, a, a, a you know, a team that's had no interceptions this year, next to none, um, something like that to turn up to just to, to to break the momentum back around. It didn't happen, but what I, I found really difficult in the second half was some of the third down calls and something the and the fourth down plays that we went for and we turned it over and downs a couple of times. Just weren't very good, and 
And not only that, I think the, the, the bit for me that I just, it made me think, actually, I think O'Brien needs to go. And he won't go, and we'll come on to that. But the bit where he called a timeout, Deshaun's pleading mum to go for it on fourth down. And he he sent the punt team out. I just And I just thought, is that another mistake? Or was it a, a wave in the white flag? Had he given up? I, I don't well, know. Well, let, 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 me, let, me, let me ask you this, though. I mean, my thought when I saw that originally was, was he maybe thinking we already had a big special teams play with them muffing the punt? Is it possible for us to re, re, recreate that? Um, you know, is that something that can happen? It's happened once. Is it going to happen again? Um, I, I almost wonder if that's maybe something that wouldn't do his mind. While I don't think that it was the right decision, even if that was the case, I'm just, again, trying to look at it from every angle. Um, you know, and then you ended up, he ended up wasting a timeout because he did, they, you know, they did end up going for it. Um, so just want to throw that out there. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, and yeah, he possibly. I mean, you just don't know. But I just thought at that point, it's, it was it, it was fourth down. Every possession was going to be fourth down territory, even in our, you know, even probably anywhere from the, our own thirty yard line onwards. We just we had to find a way to try and get points. And I just thought at that point, you know, the game's done. You know, it was already probably done. But any chance we had of getting back into it when that was the sort of level of decision making and the level of you know, the, the, or the spirit in which we were going to attack this ball game to get back in. It just, it just wasn't there. And, you know, watched his press conference. And he doesn't look like a man that felt particularly the pressure of it. And, you, you know, he might, you know, put his pressure on him in his own way. Um, but I just, I just, I just think now, you know, there's been these huge investments in talent. And that was that was a game squandered rather than just lost by you know and okay as the time went on you know it might you know they might have just ground their way back into it and beat us gradually and that would I would I could have accepted that you know if you got beat off beat by a better team over you know over four you know over four quarters and they just managed to just have a bit more offensive output then fine uh, but for it to all fall apart like that and have a similar outcome when you had the chance to take the Titans at home. I just, yeah, it was tough, I think. I mean, and he basically said today, without saying it, that he thought the, the defensive game plan was never going to work, whatever they did. They were just completely outmatched. And so I think he overthought that and he just, he, he made some mistakes and, and they made some mistakes special teams too. The biggest takeaway I had from yesterday's game that I do point at Bill O'Brien for is, you know, we only rushed the ball 21 times. That's That's taking into consideration also the amount of rushes that Deshaun Watson had. Uh, you know, went up 21. They were throwing the ball quite a bit. I would have liked to have seen them just continue to grind it out. I would have liked, to, you know, yesterday when you look at the offensive game plan, Duke Johnson didn't get involved. Um, I haven't, I haven't looked at the stat line. I was too frustrated uh, to look at really anything about this game. But um, if I had to guess, just based off my eyes, I think he had two receptions. Uh, maybe he had some in the final five minutes. But um, Duke Johnson's involvement in the offense was not there. Um, you know, not enough rushing attempts for Carlos Hyde or Duke Johnson. Uh, and, and when you have a lead like that, like a lot of times, and I've seen this a lot with Texans fans, they want, you know, they want you to continue putting your, your foot on their neck, right? You want to snap their neck and continue. But in, in football, when you have a 24 point lead, um, at that point, it's about winning the time of possession game because analytically stat, you know, just math, it's on your side. Right. If you're able to grind out first down after first down and, and, and get creative in the run game, I really wonder what yesterday would have looked like. 
um, you know, yeah, sure. They, they would have scored. Right. But who knows what we would have done and we would have just taken, you know, more possessions out of them, you know, that what they had originally. And um, from a game plan perspective to not have a, a rushing attack was, was very frustrating for me. Yeah. I mean, we had the ball nine minutes longer than they had. Um, I think Duke had what, five, five catches. Um yeah, I think I, I just it, and you know if you look at if on on a pure stats basis, if you looked at it, you know between the yardage between the top three receivers in the game, obviously Stills gets a fifty odd yarder at the start of the game, but you just thought that would have that would have done it. But yeah, it just it was a collapse, and it just the way it collapsed. I, I don't know. I think O'Brien's here for another year, and him and Deshaun's success are kind of tied together. And he, you know, I don't know what you made of Watson's comments of you know how much he loves him. Wow, yeah, and. It's an argument that he's he's possibly holding him back, and I, I think that might be true. And you know, I, you've talked about the media earlier, and you're right. I don't think the media does a great job of covering the team. And as you said, the, the, I mean, only Brian Smith, which obviously Bill O'Brien absolutely detests the guy. Only Brian Smith is the one that really seems to have it in him to ask him any kind of serious questions. And he's much to his, much to his own uh, impact in his own working environment. Brian Smith, to be fair to him, but. His article today said he's got to go. Jerome, Jerome Solomon, uh, Solomon wrote an article as well today that he has to go. And um, I saw a tweet that said, interesting turn of events at the Chronicle have managed to go gloves off on this one. What do you think? Yeah, I think I think it's getting to that point is what I think. I think I think those are all fair criticisms. You have to wonder if this is the coach that's going to be able to do what you are ultimately trying to do as a franchise. Um, you know, we, we saw in Dallas... You know, nine years, Jason Garrett, you know, things tend to start to go a little stale in the locker room and with the coach and hearing the same voice and the same, you know, message and everything else that is a part of what Bill O'Brien has established there in the locker room at NRG. And once that goes stale, that's when you start to see things happen that shouldn't. I don't think that that's what happened yesterday. I I don't I I still think these players love Bill O'Brien. I still think that they believe he is the guy. Um, but I think the fans have every reason to question. I think the media has every, every reason to question, you know, is he the guy based on the amount of time he's been here and what he's accomplished? Um, but I also try to, you know, when it comes to Bill O'Brien's tenure, I try to kind of keep in mind, I break it up into parts. And I feel like this new era and this new part, he's exceeded expectations from what we thought. Uh, you know, this is. Deshaun's second year, basically, given that he got hurt his rookie year. In two years, they went to the wild card, lost. This year, they went to the you know divisional game after you know coming back from 16-0. Uh, and they took the right next step forward. Um, and you know everything he's done prior to Deshaun, I don't think really matters. So I think it's really hard to compartmentalize that because you're you're you've seen him here for six years, so you're adding all that together. But I, I try to look at it from this point. And from when Deshaun joined this team, this team's definitely taken a step forward every time. And I, I still think that that's going to be the case next year. I think the things that I'd like to see change that I think would actually appease a lot of people um, would be an offensive coordinator that actually manages the offense. And, 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 and Bill O'Brien has no, like, yes, he has the stamp of approval or whatever it would be. But play calling, game plan implementation, and all of that in the scheme 
to an OC, I think would make everybody feel 10 times better about it. I think right now the, the frustration is that, you know, there's this narrative that Bill O'Brien has all the power and that might be true. Um, but I, I think that there's a plan in place that we don't know about yet. And um, if he was to hire an OC and get us a new DC, I think, I think people would be a little bit more open to seeing what can happen, but the chances of that are, are they, are they slim to none? I honestly don't know. Uh, everything we've heard and everything that Bill O'Brien has said is that everything's going to basically stay the same. So if that's the case, then I think all of the articles about him needing to be fired are fair. Yeah, no, I think so. And there will need to be changes and there's going to be a lot of changes needed for this team if we want to progress as a franchise. And uh, and O'Brien's going to have to change and they might get that forced upon him or he might lose his job, I don't know. But other way, change, I think, is coming for this franchise uh, over the season um, Young Ari Gold thanks very much for joining us uh, this week and there'll be a lot to, to chops up over the over the off season so we'll, uh, we'll we'll get you back on and we'll, we'll see as we get to free agency etc what, what, uh, what lies ahead mate thank you again for your time uh, always therapeutic to talk it out after a, a sickener and uh, thanks again for coming on and joining us this uh, year mate as, as we've just started out so appreciate it and uh, speak to you again soon absolutely I look forward to talking to you in the off season Thanks again for young Ari Gold and his time joining us on this rather sombre Monday for everybody that's a Texans fan. It was tough to watch and tough to digest and it felt also similar of the Patriots game with Brock Osweiler that we touched on there in divisional round a few years ago and it felt like there should have been more and it was the chance of progress was left out there. Um, and it just feels like that all over again and that harsh feeling of a long off-season that we've all got to now endure until in, until there's a chance to try and set this right and you know Watson was bullish in his comments at the end of the game and we talked about his support for O'Brien but also his, his comments I think he felt he did what he had to do and he's kind of right in that now he's been at fault for a lot of the season and he could have played better in some games and we might have you know been able to host a game and not have to play a game a week prior against the Bills and, you know, have extra, you know, miles on the tyre and have people out and etc. Um, so, look, if this team and any team wants to win a Super Bowl, you need to get an automatic seed. So, we've now got free agency, we've got the draft in March and April, and we've got all the time in the world between now and training camp in May and OTAs to, to make changes to make this team successful, make Deshaun successful have a, an appropriate level, just even top half defence, that's all you need when you've got a transcendent quarterback. But this team needs a lot of changes and whether that'll be O'Brien goes because he refused to make the changes, but you've got to hope that McNair is in there today and giving him an honest appraisal of what he needs to do to change it. And as we touched on there, get an OC, Give the reins to Tim Kelly. Trust him with it. If you if he he's he's been with O'Brien the longest out of anybody in this coaching staff, give him the reins and let somebody else put their lens on it. Uh, and let you know. And if, even if they fail, that's fine. But at the minute, he, O'Brien I think is trying to do too much. And I think look at as as we said there, he deserves another year because you can only judge. Um, you know, of this will be his, his fourth year of Watson next year. And at that point, if we can't get anywhere near an automatic seed. If we can't, you know, get past or you know the divisional round, then we need to hit the reset button. 
But it's a long, long old off season. There's so you know so many holes in this roster we need to fill. There's so many players we need to sign. It's going to be an eventful off season, and we'll be here to break it down for you and and every step of the way as we, as this team tries to rebuild its identity for the 2020 season. And just want to say thank you very much for everybody that's joined us this year on our, our first season on the Turn Up For What podcast. Unfortunately, yesterday was one of those days that you think, why do you do this to yourself? And the all too familiar feeling and where the name of this pod came about. But I just want to say thanks for listening everywhere, some amazing countries and different places that people have tuned in and downloaded us from. Not as all lost, we've got a star under centre and we've got another off-season to rebuild. We're not far away but it feels like at this moment we are just too far. But thanks again for this season. Wherever you're downloading from, wherever you're listening from, we are Texans.